Hey, so we're here. 832 sips. Another we're one. We're hot. We're hot. Got my coffee. Got my <laughs> I got my buble. <laughs> my Timmy's. <laughs> yeah. We got Dean Vederman, Curtis Barossa, Matteo Muro, and we are here with April Pulak. Yeah. April Pulak, it's so nice to have you. Thank you. Hi, April. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> this is the first time for me, so go slow, okay? Yeah. Nice. Tell us a little bit about your, your teaching experience and just where you're from and just give us, you know, the, the three minute intro to April. Well, I'm going to kick it down to about 30 seconds, Perfect. but, uh, <laughs> I've been teaching since, uh, the last century. We'll just leave it that. That's at like that. the 1980s. <laughs> no, hey, I'm a ball of both the eighties. <laughs> and, uh, and I really love my job. And, uh, this year I'm teaching, uh, keyboarding and a personal finance class. And there's been a, a lot of challenges with personal finance in particular because it only came into the curriculum uh, last year in Manitoba. Wow, was that long overdue. And uh, I'm certainly learning as much as the students as I work my th way through it. And there's tons of online stuff there. And I'll be talking about that in the future if you guys are interested. Or even now. Like, and you used to be the tech go-to person, you told me. Back in the day. Yeah, before your keyboarding days. Last century yeah. and earlier this century. Yeah, I was like the sysop, the system operator for all the labs. You know, those things where all the computers were together at once. And, uh, but, you know, I went through a, a sort of tech dark period as I was moved to different classes uh, I did teach middle years for a decade or so. Um, and now you've ascended to the high school level. Man, it is like <laughs> club <laughs> med up here. Club yeah. med for teachers. Well, Dean, you, you, Dean and Curtis, you both like teach, like or teach or taught elementary, right? Like I, yeah. So I taught grade four or five my first year. I'm actually only in my my fourth year in education. So I've done two years as a coach and then I did yeah, one year as a grade four or five teacher. And then I taught a grade six, seven class, but I taught in a small rural school where I taught grade one to 10 and something. So it's nice. crazy. Yeah. I actually, most of mine's been high school. My first uh, gig I had, I taught uh, kindergarten to grade eight. I was a computer wow. itinerant of all things. So kid, they, I had kindergarten always right before lunch. And right before they went home at the end of school because I had to get, put their mitts on and stuff. So uh -huh. I, I love and I have so much respect for kindergarten teachers. But I have been mostly high school my whole career. Then I had a stint when I worked downtown in our central office uh, as a tech coach and as a tech consultant too. So, uh, But I, I have so much respect for uh, middle years teachers, especially from what I saw. It, I, I like what you said, April. It's, high school can be a little bit of a club med uh, compared to <laughs> – being in the trenches yeah. with the middle, hey. especially the middle years, yeah. uh, for sure. So I'm the only person who hasn't taught elementary. But you have come across elementary. You go visit the elementary. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I got to say, like, you know what? You might not be a real teacher until you've taught grade eight or lower. Because I, I work, like, I, my computer science classes, like, you know, like, yeah. we go and we work um, with uh, grade, like, six to eight teachers. And, like, they work so hard. Like I'll be in their classroom one day and it's like a parent in under 10 minutes. I'm like, wow, like they have so much more going on. Yeah, so much more, so much more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think this is my theory that elementary school teachers, and we were talking about this last time and uh, uh, Dean and Curtis, like they're more willing to integrate technology in their classrooms than high school teachers mm -hmm. are. Yeah. 
right? Because they, they are so overwhelmed that anything that can make their job easier, like they're on board immediately. Whereas in high school, I think it's easier to stay in your little bubble. And yeah, it's, like, it's a lot more rigid in high school. Yeah, and I find yeah. it's, it surprises me because the, the K-8 teachers are the ones with the, the least amount of discretionary time. But often initiatives are brought out at the, that K-8 level, yeah. which is baffling because they have such a lack of support and you know, discretionary time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a little bit more rigidity. Honestly, I think it's because there's more dudes in high school. I believe that is a factor. It could, yeah, we, we're, we're more, you think like we're more likely to just be like, ah, no. Yeah. Like we're more likely to say no. There is a little bit more compliance, I feel, in the K-8 because of, yeah. of the predominance of females. And it, it is easier, in my opinion, uh, to move things past that way first. Uh, also, it's easier to, to introduce it to younger students first uh, and then have it permeate through the high schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd also add to that, though. In elementary school, you kind of have that flexibility to kind of uh, do interdisciplinary. So you can have your social and your English class kind of at the same time. So if you're doing a project, you can spend like a whole morning on it and work it into other parts of your uh, curriculum too. So I think there's a little bit of flexibility with uh, elementary teachers in that. And they're always looking for a new way to, to motivate students where I find sometimes high school teachers, you know, this is the way I've done it for uh, 20, 30 years. This is the way it's always going to be done. That's why this whole thing that's going on right now is really rocking a lot of people's worlds that uh, I work with because there's, you know, they're so used and set in their ways and their environment that there's no, there's no flexibility in it. So it's an interesting commentary on what's happening today, in my opinion. Yeah, I do find the high school more of a delivery uh, and the K-8 more adaptive for sure. Well, and you got the kids in high school for like an hour. Yeah. So like, uh, and I know because I go, I went through this struggle with my grade 11 and 12 comp sci class. Like when we did our wakelet stuff, it was like they, none of their other teachers were doing something like that. So it was like, everything was from scratch. Yeah. And I got the one hour with them. So like just even introducing them to it, like it just took forever. Whereas I could see in like a K to eight class, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to combine, like you have those kids all day. Yeah. And all year long. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to just combine two or three of my, my blocks together and we're going to just focus on this. Yeah. And then the kids are going to know it and I'm going to have them from September to June. Yeah. Versus high school where it's like, okay, I have them for September to January. You know, and, yes. like, and then those kids are gone and then I get a brand new bunch. And I'm like, okay, if I do the same thing again with Wakelet, I'm like, I got to reintroduce it all over again halfway right. through the year and start from scratch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot more flexibility and in the K-8 for sure. Well, the K-8 teachers seem to work well together too. Like the grade six teacher would say, yeah, I'll, I'll cover your phys ed class if you cover this class. Like I, I find yeah. uh, there's a lot more collegiality going on in elementary schools from my observations that, you know, if you want to try something special, there's another teacher that you can uh, collaborate with. Where in high school, you're kind of stuck in that hour and it's, a, it's almost impossible sometimes to – to be flexible like that like say oh i can only get this guest speaker in at uh nine o'clock but my class is at one o'clock in high school you you're almost you can't do it right but in elementary you might be able to flip-flop something and, and make it work well i do notice uh since coming to high school that i rarely cross paths with other teachers even adjacent to me in the building i mean i'm connected with Mateo because we have literally a door between our rooms. We have a giant window and yeah. a door. And so I can see him teach. I can hear him teach. I can walk over. I can ask him stuff. 
and we use that to our benefit. We're supporting each other yeah. all the time. But if it wasn't for that physical setup, I would not be talking to anyone, which is, uh, that was a big shock to my system coming from uh, teaching grade eight. Uh, at least in the K to eight, you know, there was recess. We all had an opportunity, should we choose, yeah. to cross paths. And that really cultivated, small though it was, you know, but it happened twice a day, that collegiality that is the large part compared to K to eight, almost absent apart from special circumstances. I never like thought own. of that because I work really closely with Sue. Yeah. But I have to try a lot harder and, and we are literally right next door to each yeah. other. It's just that the wall and the, and the, the space across yeah. the hallway and the fact that like every hour you're switching kids. Yeah. It's, it's much more rigid. It's, it's kind of a lonelier in yeah. terms of. Whereas with you, I'll literally be teaching and I'll just walk through the door and I'll be like, Hey April. Yeah. We, we have and an ongoing we, and conversation. And we can chat and I'm like in my class with my kids and you're in yours and we can still chat and then we end up talking about whatever techie stuff yeah or, and it makes it makes the the time pass it's a comfort to know like there's someone around that has got your back um and that's also the case in the k-8 realm where you know aside from the situation that's not necessarily a case unless you go hail someone specifically and usually that's yeah. the office yeah and you don't want to switch classes with me like in high school, you're a content area specialist. Like, right. I can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'll teach your physics class and you teach That's my true. computer science or grade 12 yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah, so, it wouldn't go well. So what are some ways, like, how could you, how can we support um, getting, like, high school teachers to work together? Like, how could we provide that time? Well, I, I think, you know, I, I'm reluctant to in, embrace and endorse this specifically, but we are doing RTI in our school. Are you guys familiar with that? Like, we have an RTI, Maybe. like a response to intervention. Like, is that, like, that's what ours stands for. With, yeah. with our, our occasion, at least historically, what we've done is uh, people in grade groups have met together once a week okay. for an hour. Yeah. And uh, now that is kind of micromanaged in their expectations. I wish they would just let us go and, you know, do what we need to do, find out what we need to find out from each other in that hour. But it is very micromanaged. I think eventually that was the intention. And, and it kind of got kiboshed or whatever. But um, Well, they will, every time we expend time, they always want results, results, results. And they... Um, Bottom line is I feel they don't really trust us to produce results yeah. without micromanaging how we get there. But the truth is, if they would just give us goals that they want us to achieve, we would get there probably in the most efficient, best customized way that, that suits our particular position uh, with the micromanaging of, of, you know, delivery and expectations. It kind of uh, just doesn't pan out as being authentic and specific to teachers needs i think yeah i think we need stuff like this where it's just like here we are for teachers like just chatting like there's no agenda exactly like we didn't we didn't write down any questions i didn't know we were going to talk about rti it came up. <laughs> you know but then like we end up sharing like resources or insights together that's what happens when you and me talk yeah like a week ago when we were chatting about um like the struggles you were having like switching online learning completely informal not planned and it was a great conversation mm -hmm. i think we both walked away with like some insights yeah yeah definitely well we have like professional learning communities and then within that too we have cops uh, 
community of professional learners. So we try to do that. We don't, you know, even within our school, we have a PLC and our division tries to have these uh, COPPs. Um, but even it's kind of an interesting though, what happened this year is our local agreement uh, allowed for people to take uh, a non-contact day with students off. Wow. So the days we would have our staff meeting days and that's PLC days and what have you, uh, a teacher could take off basically no questions asked. So wow. all this PD that we could have had and, and, and that basically had half the school gone, you know, like, uh, like for example, we were supposed to have one uh, on the Friday before the long weekend in May. Like if you could take that day off and have an extra day to get outside and do gardening or do some golfing, you know, no questions asked, you, you take that. So there'd only be 10 people maybe in the school if they already use them from other times and that. So, uh, we try, but I find uh, we have a thing with our technology called Regina Catholic Schools Connected Educator Program. And within our Connected Edu Educator Program, we do a lot of uh, working, uh, you know, uh, together on different things with technology. And, and that's K to 12. And we have Skype meetings monthly. And you're responsible for making lesson plans or doing an artifact, like doing a podcast or an interview like this. So I think in our tech community inside our division, we have a really a good model for PD, but once you get outside of, of that, I uh, wish we had a, maybe a different model uh, that would work for people a little bit better, but people definitely want the freedom to kind of work on, on whatever they want to work on, what they see when uh, they would need in their classroom rather than have it macro managed for sure. I, we, I could echo that for sure. It's part of the learning process. I just and want to remark sorry? about the, the vocabulary we're using. RTI probably should be more specifically using uh, professional learning communities, uh, the PLC reference for yeah. when we're getting together and trying to hammer out uh, curriculum outcomes. Yeah, that, that is really where I want the trust issue to um, evolve, where they uh, do do a lot of micromanaging and it would be just be better if they said, here are your goals and mm -hmm. uh, give us some guidelines, of course, but let, it, let us go to it on our own, however we see fit. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the year, do you guys have to do a form? Like we have a C2PG form, which is a commitment to professional growth form that we have to do at the beginning of the year and submit it to our administration. So within that, there's a variety of goals. Like we have a faith-based goal because we're a Catholic school, but we also, uh, one of them was like a tech-based goal that you'd have throughout the year based on the ISTE standards. Uh, and then that way you look for resources and, you know, mentors and different things to try to meet your goals. Is that something you guys do as well? We have, like, I, I know our schools, we do, um, like, the, the schools have, I think they're called SLPs, and they're just like school, learn, like a school learning plan. And so they have, they come up with something that's aligned to, um, are like big Saskatchewan goals. So if the if it's on like re or writing or math or reading, so then they try to align it that way. But it would be kind of nice for um, teachers to develop kind of, and I guess we do in some sense, yeah, teachers do develop their own goals, but it would be kind of nice to develop like a school goal um, just to develop more of a relationship. I wish that, yeah, that's something that our division could probably do better for sure. In our division, I don't think we have anything so formal. Well, I can, I, I can speak to historically in the K-8 realm uh, reflects what you guys have just mentioned, that we had goals and, you know, often it was literacy or numeracy. 
in the high school realm, I've, uh, you know, it depends what principal is in. Yeah, it's and more. De depends what superintendent is in. It's more left at like, yeah, it kind of yeah. comes down more from the top. Although I know a lot of the teachers that I'm friends with, like, have their own personal goals. Like, they're like, you know, this year I want to do this or that yeah. in my classroom. But there's there's no formal process where we actually write it down and submit it to anyone. It's but the, more, that does exist here, but just not yeah. uh, like we in, have, we have in school, our division. We have school initiatives. Like yeah. every September, it's like, hey, here's what we're working on as a school. Yeah, it's more top down. Recently, it's been more top down on those sort of initiatives like yeah. RTI and PLCs, yeah. stuff like that. And a lot of them are good initiatives. Yeah. But more uh, homogenization, I like to call it. Yeah, I'm liking more like uh, this is it. I see. We, I would have never known that we would have went this route. Mm -hmm. It's interesting talking to you guys, Dean and Curtis, because like I think it's I think it's good to empower individual teachers by letting them write down their goals. You know, because you're more likely to do something when you write it down and it's been shared publicly. You know, well, and when it's your own goal that is customized to your needs. Yeah, well, that too, but just the so, just the act of writing it down. And yeah. then knowing that you've shared it with someone, like your, your school division yeah. or your principal or your colleague, yeah. like you're more likely to follow through. Yeah. Well, and the other thing to that is too is that our principal is asking, what supports do you need to meet your goal? So not only are you writing down your goals, like, okay, do you need a, a day off with somebody who uses Wakelet because you really want to learn how to curate that because you're doing that. So I'm going to get you a day with Mateo and, He's going to take you down uh, Wakelet, and and you, there's some monies, uh, you know, for that. Or, you know, if it's something where you know you have a brand new curriculum, maybe you need to go uh, for some uh, some kind of PD, right? Or find some online PD, so uh, you know, or connect you with the consultant or that type of thing. So not only do you write down your goal, you figure out what supports that you need to to get to where your goal is at. So I think that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I think we should bring that, we should bring that forward as like, because they're always talking about how can we do PD better. Yeah, uh, this, like, this does exist in our realm, like I said, just not yeah. in our school. But I, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess why it's not happening. First of all, it's because initiatives are, are now coming top down, like RTI and PLCs. And second, secondly, that's because uh, those initiatives have mopped up a huge amount of dollars. We're talking... PD in various places in the States. We're talking major conferences with big money, big name people flown in from the States to deliver. And, you know, with having teachers in autonomy over the PD, that that takes some discretionary funds that, you know, they can expend. Well, there's, there's lots of support. It's just, it would be nice if there was some, some push to be like, hey guys, like we want you to do this yeah. stuff. I was going to say, I think, you know, credit to you for taking the initiative on a lot of stuff. But the aspect I think that's missing there is the relationship with, uh, you know, a mentor type person where you can say, hey, I want to do yeah. this. And they can sort of give you ideas and say, why not this? Hey, I can help you do this. Yeah. And so that component, even though we've got the financial support in that small area, that moment, uh, that component of mentorship uh, is not built into our system. Yeah. And I think that's the case in a lot of places. I mean, yeah. part of the reason that like I started chatting with Dean and Curtis was for this, like the mentorship support. Yeah. Cause, cause you guys have done and seen so much that when I, you know, like that's part of like why we started this mm. was to share, was to share this expertise. So well, I, I always like finding out what's going on in other divisions and other provinces, Oh yeah, you know, mm -hmm. just to get perspective and you know, Hey, is this a good deal? Could we do better? Or, you know, or is this not so bad? So it's interesting to hear.